Awesome, Frank. Thank you. So would you guys do this? Would you uh, extend a hand? We're going to pray over Frank and the ministry that he um, has been called to. Jesus, we thank you this morning, hearing Frank's story and, and how you created him and, and even um, how his own story now reflects the way that he's serving you and this, this young boy. I just pray over all these um, kids in foster care in Orange County, over 3,000 kids, God. What a need. So we pray that we could be the church and to love on them and care for them and walk with them. I pray that if there's a, a man in, in our midst this morning that is just pressing on his heart, that he would have the courage to, um, to, to step out and to go for it and to, to serve you in that way. So thank you for Frank. Bless the ministry that he's doing and he's a part of and the relationship he has with this boy. We thank you for this morning. Amen. All right. All right, guys, so I'm very excited to introduce and invite up our good friend. He uh, is a part of the Men of Mariners as well, and he, um, he's a big deal, and, and he's a really, you're going to hear all about his story, but um, he has been a man who has really been activated, and through his gifts and talents, come on up, Davey, um, he's been able to serve not only Orange County, but all over the world, and so I know he's a he's a big deal in China. I believe I'm sure we'll hear more about that. But um, would you guys welcome up my friend Davy Liu to the stage? Oh, you need that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have him uh, sit right here. All right, I'm gonna hand it off to you. Thank you. All right. Good morning, guys. You guys didn't know uh, you're going to be uh, doing a rodeo this morning, right? <laughs> All right. So my name is Davey Liu, and uh, in the, I grew up in the South. So they, they think, you know, Davey Liu and um, Mary Liu. So it's spelled actually L-I-U. So, but they just fit just fine. They just always call us, hey, Davey Liu, you know. So anyway, um, oh, my remote. Where's my remote? Did I bring my remote? Joan, can you get my remote? Is it up? Oh, right here. Okay. All right, so um, I'm Chinese. I want to take my hat off. I don't want you to think I've dyed my hair. I am Chinese. I'm 100% pure blood Chinese. Um, I was born in uh, Taiwan uh, 50 years ago. So my story today is from the Lion King to the King of Kings. Yeah. So um, I am currently the founder of Kendu Films, and Kendu come from I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. So this is Kendu right here. So he's our mascot of our company. Yep. Um, when I was a kid, I was the youngest of the seven. Grew up, imagine you grew up in Chinese world where everybody all looked the same. They all dressed the same. Yep. They all had this perfect 4.5, right? They all make A's and they all wear glasses, right? But except me, I'm different. I'm the youngest of seven. I have five older sisters and um, one older brother, okay? So imagine being Chinese where everybody's making 4.5. They all have straight A's except my dad has a son. I was a straight F. I mean, I had such a hard time learning in school. I couldn't read because everything in Chinese is all in pictures, and it's just very, it, it's very complicated. It's not like there's 26 alphabet. For me, I have to kind of like memorize all the pictures. It was hard. So in school, coming home, my grades is always, you know, F this, F this, F this, you know. <laughs> so 
So my adversary, my greatest enemy is my school teacher, right? Every time Davy sees textbooks, because textbooks, you know, the kanji, you know, writing, there's a certain amount of, it all looks like a bunch of uh, 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 pixels to me. So when I see them, I see pictures. So when I see them, I can't help it. My creativity just resides in the history books. I see, like, people are, like, not, not smiling. There's heroes or they're famous legends, whatever. I just give them hairdos, you know? So, so I would get spanked, right? My mom... My, I grew up in Christian home, by the way. It's very unusual. Um, I grew up in a very successful businessman. My dad bakes bread, okay? Uh, he was 23 when he left communist China. He was a soldier. And um, when he was in Taiwan in 1941, he had a TB. At that time, there was no cure. And the doctor told him, says, sir, you're, uh, you only have four months to live. 23, no family. They put him next to the morgue because he's waiting to die. Some Americans invested and gave him a Bible, a Gideon Bible, English and Chinese. I don't know who invested in that Bible and who, which men that is that, that came from America, put on the mask and give this dead man walking a Bible. He read the Bible because it's in English and Chinese. He was able to understand the gospel in the book of John. He Repent, gave his life to Christ. Prepare for heaven, you thought. Four months passed by, nine months passed by. My dad's still reading the Bible while all the people had been in the cemetery except Mr. Lu. They examined his lung and they miraculously found out his TP had somehow disappeared. So he came out on the street, started writing scriptures, selling. Bibles with Chinese calligraphies, but uh, he was self-supported missionaries and evangelists on the street. He has a gift. He baked bread, and God blessed his bread in 1963, and he called that bread, for some reason, he called it apple bread. I mean, he was far more invented before Steve Jobs invented his apple. <laughs> that apple bread became multi-million industry in Taiwan, and so I grew up in a very, very famous brand. It's called apple bread. So in that apple bread, you'll see Jesus is the bread of life. Yes. When I was a kid, I was, wasn't sure whether my dad was selling bread or selling Jesus. <laughs> but he took his corporate bread business. He made it into an evangelist platform. So I grew up in that family. But my mom, even though she'd gone to seminary, she wants me to be that perfect 4.0 student. And I couldn't. I just couldn't. I just I was just lousy. So my mom says, hey, you're just like all the Chinese kids, right? Well, they all play piano. So my mom bought me a piano <laughs> with my four sisters, uh, five sisters, and I played piano for eight years. I was in page one, chapter one, book one for eight years. <laughs> because in front of the piano, here I am, just torturous. I mean, I just, I don't see music. I see music notes as like a telephone wires with birds standing up and down, left and right. I don't see music. So my life was just completely feel like I was nobody. My mom trying to encourage me, why couldn't you be like your sister? Why couldn't you be like your brother? Look at the next door neighbor, Mr. Chen, Mr. Lee's, look at their kids. They're all like A's. Why are you always getting F? So my favorite thing is go to the rice field and just not come home because the only time, because I got to see my reflections because I'm August. I was born in August, so I'm Leo. So I said, man, 
I feel like a lion outside, but when I go home, I like a mouse because my mom says I'm not as good as someone else, right? So when you're being compared, of course, you're just like nothing. So my grades, you know, my nightmare is like my report cards in my pocket, and I just don't want to go home because my mom is going to tell me that you're nobody unless you are so-and-so's children. So during 1975, my mom keeps telling me, and every day I long to go to this place called America. Since 1975, I was six years old because my mom knows I was going to be hopeless Chinese kid growing up in Taiwan. So 1982 came around. Man, I grew up with watching Hawaii Five-O, Three's Company, right? So I was longing to see like blonde hair, blue eyes, paradise, you know, all these handsome people. So 1982, I got on a plane, and uh, boy, I was so happy. This is my first drawing that I drew. I didn't take any art classes in Taiwan because they, they, don't, they don't appreciate, they don't teach art or any, any, any sports. I drew this when I was 13 years old, just to show you how talented that I am. <laughs> I got on the plane, I drew this, and I was so happy. You know, my teacher in Taiwan always threw chalks at me or spanked me for drawing. For once, I'm drawing and let someone left me alone. I can just sit there and draw. And my mom didn't have to tell me, don't draw, right? So... 1982, man, showed up in America. I showed up in my middle school. Man, I said, Mom, you sure were in America? <laughs> I said, it looks more like Africa. <laughs> I went to a school that was all black. I had never seen a black person ever in Taiwan. Neither of these black kids have ever seen a Chinese kid. When they saw me, they thought I came out of kung fu theaters. <laughs> now, my mom had warned me. She said, Davey, don't embarrass us. If you can't understand English, you don't, whatever they ask you, just say yes. So I listened to my mom. First day I show up in school, in Taiwan, the English textbook says, first word you say to American is, hi, how are you? It wasn't these guys. They walk over like this. Yo, what up? I was astounded. And man, they looked at me as if they'd seen Bruce Lee in person. First word they asked me is, hey, yo, man, y'all know Bruce Lee? Guess what I said? Yes. yes. <laughs> hey, yo, brother, you know Kung Fu, them karate, you know? Yes. Oh, man, the whole black school, ninth grader, the gangster, rap, all showed up, wanted to meet Bruce Lee's relative now. <laughs> they all asked me, hey, man, I heard you know Bruce Lee. Hey, man, I heard, uh, you know, karate or something like that. Hey, you, uh, what, hey, what color is your black, uh, your, your belt, your belt? What color is your belt, man, your kung fu belt? You can't say yes for that. They're asking me in colors. So I thought, hey, I learned how to say colors in uh, English class. So... I looked at my belt that day. I happened to only wear black. <laughs> because in Taiwan, every middle school only wear black belt. So I answered, yo, brother, I got black belt. So <laughs> then they asked, black belt, dang. How many degrees your black belt, man? I thought they were asking me maybe how many holes is punch on my belt. <laughs> I start counting. And I answered, yo, brother, I got eight degree black belt, you know. <laughs> and, man, I still didn't know who Bruce Lee was. I went to rent VHS just to make sure that I fit the part. 
So I would like go to school, you know, carry nunchucks <laughs> and make sure I look like Bruce Lee so I don't get bullied in America. I mean, these black kids, ninth grader, they look like, like Kobe. I mean, they're big. I was small. And culture shock. Now, you American are probably didn't understand that we don't have sports in Taiwan. Sports is like a big deal. You know, we don't know what a basketball looked like in Taiwan, okay? Not now, but back in those days. So in America, I went to school. So talk about culture shock, for example, just like PE class. I didn't know what PE was until someone explained it to me. So the principal says, Davey, he was a cowboy guy, you know, a big white guy, you know, from, a guy from like Porky's, you know, hey, Davey, now we, uh, uh, we, we got PE, you know, PE class here. I'm gonna make sure, son, you bring PE shorts. All right, we play ball. Now I make sure you have one of those PE shorts. So you got to bring every day. And I told my mom, say, Mom, in America we play sports every day. So I told her, and, and she took me to Kmart. And her English is just as good as mine. She only saw like today is buy one get one free. Anything that's a bargain. So she bought me one, and I recall going like, Oh, in Taiwan every year, once a year. My mom's so frugal, okay. Once a year, we have sports day. So because I have five older sisters, I'm the youngest of seven. Every year, guess what? Sports day in Taiwan, for me, I get to wear my sister's underwear. <laughs> Pink with flower stripe, you know? She just, my mom just didn't bother buying me a PE shorts. So I, I got used to people laughing at me. I knew I was different with my straight F and with my PE shorts. And then my mom went to Kmart and got me this buy one, get one free. And I was so happy because it's not pink. So I got to pick a blue and a purple. Next day, I wear it to school because in that Kmart sign, it says one size fits all. I didn't even try it on. <laughs> I went to the locker room, and I put it on. Man, it didn't fit me. My waist was so skinny. I was so nervous. I said, what am I going to do now? You know, I mean, I can't embarrass Bruce Lee by holding two hands, playing basketball with these brothers. So I came out. I pulled it all the way up to my chest. And man... Nice and snug, right? But when I went out there, I'll tell you, 258th grader, they came over and looked at me as if they've never seen a Chinese SpongeBob. They just came over. <laughs> what is wrong with you? And I noticed there's a big hole right in front of me. I thought, this is great. This is, this is American design, right? It's for ventilations. <laughs> so 10 minutes later, before you know it, I was being laughed at, mocked, and a girl came behind me and pulled my shorts off. That was my second day in America. You know, when you're devastated, when you feel like you're nobody in Taiwan, and here your mom brought you to America, and second day, your pants is on the ground. I went home, found out eventually that it was called boxers. Until I met my angel, she was my art teacher. I went to art school, uh, went to art, her art class. She was the only class that didn't require Chinese-English dictionary because art was easy. You see, you understand. So she gave me a big piece of white paper. She said, young men, you're very talented. She saw that ugly drawing that you saw on my, uh, when I doodle on my Pam Am uh, plane. And she gave me a piece of paper, and she told me, you can do it. In Taiwan, no one ever believed in me. No one ever told me I can do anything. She gave me this big piece of white paper. She said, draw something that represents your country. I said, I'll draw a Chinese dragon. Took me two weeks. I drew this, and I gave it to her as a homework assignment. 
And then she took it into a state competition and national competition. And guess what? I, a month later, I won top 20 in the whole United States in America. So I use American buildings and form it into a, 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 a yeah. So have you guys ever seen uh, the Fresh Off the Boat TV series? Well, that's based on my story. A Taiwanese kid went to a black school in Orlando. So that's me, Davy Lou, yeah. So I was so happy. I even got a letter, Xerox, from the White House, you know, Xerox from Ronald Reagan's, congratulating the school for such a talented uh, uh, student. And I couldn't believe it, man. I was like, in Taiwan, I never, I never heard from the principal. And yet, less than a year, I got a letter from the White House. And my mom was thrilled. She came over. She, now, she flew over to Taiwan just for this ceremony to see that it's just truly my son, the straight F. Davy. So sometime when I was 16, I was so inspired. I loved the library in school because you get to see classical art. And I never seen it, except classical art was all naked. So my mom was worried about me reading Playboys every day in school. <laughs> but I loved it. I painted this when I was 15, and it won the best in high school. And my art teacher came and supported me. So I went to college to pursue art because I believed that God didn't give me a gift to make straight A's, but God gave me a gift to draw straight lines. I figured that I better be me and stop being Bruce Lee or be my sister or be Mr. Chen's daughter. I have to be me. God gave me creativity and artistry. I took it. Even though many people told me that you're going to fail, you're going to starve, because artists mostly starve. I went to school on a scholarship in Atlanta, and I pursued art. But sometime when I was 18, I nearly drowned in Cocoa Beach. That's when I had my personal encounter, and God saved me from that drowning incident. And that day, I came back. I was 18. I began to take God very seriously. And I noticed that when you take God seriously, God began to take you very seriously. So 18 years old, I was in my fourth year of college, uh, finished up my art school. And that time, during that time, there was this company called Walt Disney. And they came to our school to recruit because they made millions and millions in 1988. It's called the film Little Mermaid. So they came to our school, and they were looking for eight talented students every year from all the art school. So I was, I was the first Chinese kid that who were recruited into Walt Disney in 1990. And at that time, it was, it was very um, strange because when you go to this Disney studio, there's no Chinese. It's mostly all Americans. Um, so here am I, and my dream came true. I mean, I got to do what I love. And um, every day I got to draw something that I just come from my imaginations. And I got to work with the master, people that work on the uh, snow, uh, uh, my favorite film, Pinocchio and Peter Pan. And I just love this environment because you don't have to take tests. Every day you get to draw every day. So I'm so thankful. Even though my mom had no idea that today who I became, and I thank God mostly that God gave me this opportunity to work for Disney. Every Wednesday, I got to teach celebrities such as Michael Jackson's and Princess Diana, and I got to teach them how to draw like Disney characters and stuff like that. And um, you know, doing my after hours, I would be in, in the studio lot and I would work out with celebrities. You know, so it is so strange, right? From nobody in Taiwan, all of a sudden you're in this really amazing, shining place, and. Um, during 1990 and 95, I got to work on these four big films in Disney. For some reason, people remember these films. Um, a lot of kids grew up with it. 
So when I was working on these, I was like, man, what an amazing accomplishment that, you know, God gave me this opportunity to have this kind of honor and to, you know, go to Academy Awards and with my teams and create film that changes people. Um, I had no idea that I have such an opportunity. So I figured my life is just like Forrest Gump. I mean, here's someone that is stupid as stupid does, you know, and Forrest Gump's line is, run, Forrest, run, and mine is, draw, Davy, draw, you know. I feel like God just says, Davy, take that gift I gave you and just keep drawing. Just keep drawing. And I tell you, I, I took it maximum. I just went all the way. And uh, during that time in Disney, my job is to develop multi-billion dollar projects because I have to foresee the forecast of the audience. So at that time, I was so sick of tired of Disney always create princes, our blonde hair, blue eyes, right? All like look like, you know, beauty queens. I say, man, there's princes in China too, man. There's princes and prince in China. So we know when you're in the right time, in the right place, you get to influence the projects. So I brought on this story of this princess that doesn't look like this beauty queen, you know. She is this fearsome love, honor her dad. So I brought this story along. And when I was reading the script, I said, man, Mulan has this handsome prince. Man, it's a secret of mine. I mean, I always wanted to be a Disney prince. So, uh, and then in the script, it says this guy came from northern China. Well, my dad's from northern China. And I heard this general, he knows martial arts. He's a kung fu black belt, a degree. That's exactly what I have. So I drew myself into one of the Walt Disney's characters into this Chinese animated film. So. <laughs> and boy, this is 1995, and I got... I, all of us have got a few Oscars as a team, but my mom never went to theater to see any of my movies. Whenever I call her, she would say, hey, you know Miss Chen's daughter? She's a doctor now in our city. You know Mr. Lee's? His son is a, is a, is a famous, famous uh, engineer. And I said, Mom, have you seen The Lion King? And boy, as a 25-year-old, how I long for her to see me as I am. I, all I wanted to hear from her is, Davy, I'm proud of you. But no, she wants me to be a doctor and engineer, which I could never be. So, during that time, though, as a Christian, I was working at Disney. I was being a film critic because I was looking at how do we impact the next generations? And then I was talking to high school pastors. At that time, I was going to church at Lake Avenue in Pasadena. And the, pa the high school pastor says, Davey, did you know in America, most kids that grew up in church, that go to school, Sunday school for 18 years and go to all the camp, and when they go to college for four years, only 5% comes back to claim their faith to follow Christ. That was 1995. I said, man. The whole world knows the Lion King, but not everyone knows the King of Kings. Why isn't the story of the Bible created to be the quality that Walt Disney has? But yet we spend millions of dollars to create the biggest children's ministry called Walt Disney, the happiest place on earth. But yet the Bible, what do they have? The best thing at that time in 1995? Yeah. It's only a cucumber and tomatoes. 
That's what we have that represents the Bible in 1995. Now, 500 years ago, the greatest art was created in church called Michelangelo. 400 years ago, the best music was played in church. It's called Bach. The best. Well, why isn't the body of Christ creating innovative stories that impact our next generation? And yet, while our church kids are being evangelized by the world. So, no wonder. Because VeggieTales are only good for one to five years old, right? Because you have elementary kids who will go to school. They would have Simba, Mufasa. They would have Buzz Lightyear's. And a little bit more like, you know, kids, for some reason, they're so drawn to dark side. They have Dark Vader. So you have cucumber and tomatoes with all these superhero characters. As a Christian, it really, really, really bothers me. It really bothers me that what represents Christ is not quality. So, the Lion King, did you know, is a story of Moses? Because of time, I won't get into it. We translate the story of the Moses. When Simba was kicked out in the desert, and then he grew up in the desert just like Moses, and then he saw his father like a burning bush in the sky. And the most important thing is the fact that Simba forget who he was because it's not about him being a lion. It's about who his father is. His father is not just a lion, but his father is a lion king. You know, my father is not just Mr. Lou. When you are in Christ, your father is the king of kings. So, at that time, I was only 25, making 150000 a year. Even thought I complained about tomatoes and cucumbers. I said, God, someday I would love to see your stuff beats Disney. That was my thing. But for now, I have this low self-esteem that I need to replenish. So I went on to work on other studio, on other films. This film, this song came out. It's called, I Believe I Could Fly. I Believe I Could Touch the Sky. You know, all these stories, it did not come from a non-Christian. So I continued to work on other films, but I continued to see God's message and how the gospel was presented for the children's suffer. But because I longed to get a respect from my mother. In 1998, George started his new franchise. I was invited to work for this film. This is all-time dreams for all the filmmakers to work for George. So I went up there. It was during that time I was in San Francisco. In 1999, Christmas, I bought a big bag of cookie. And this cookie I bought from Costco. Everything's big. It's too sweet. At that time, I didn't know you could return it. I just throw that thing in the trash. I didn't want to eat it because it's too sweet. It was like big bag, barely touched. Next day, the trash truck was coming. I was going to take the trash out. You couldn't believe what I saw. I mean, my whole backyard was covered with all the North American ants. I couldn't even see the trash cover. I mean, I can't, see, I can't even touch it. It was just so many ants. And I thought, Again, from an artist's mind. It took one ant diligently last night, probably Chinese. <laughs> uses GPS, found this all-you-can-eat bag of cookie. If I could talk to this Chinese ant, I'd say, congratulations. 
what a great resume and accomplishment that you have done. That is an amazing accomplishment. I mean, an ant usually finds a crump, yet you found a size of a pyramid of an Oreo cookie. In his accomplishment and his lifetime achievement, that's got to be something, right? Of course, Mr. Ant looked at me and says, of course. I'm giving autograph. He's like in, the, in, in, in all the you know, greatest hits. He's the hero this Christmas. But I told Mr. Ant, I said, Mr. Ant, don't be so cocky. You know that bag of cookie in my eye? It's like a bag of trash. I have something greater in my home that's greater than your bag of cookie. It's called refrigerator. <laughs> you open that up, I got more than cookie. I have steak, chicken sandwich, juice, milk, all the sweets you can think of. And I got this thing that's really cold on top. It's called ice cream. I explained to him with all of my might. Mr. Ant looked at me and says, you're nuts. I don't believe in the refrigerator. Whatever you're talking about, all I know is my greatest life achievement is what I found in this dumpster. Instantly, though, that parable God reflected back to me. He says, that is a great allegory. A bag of cookie in the trash and your refrigerator, awesome. But you know, Davey, as a filmmaker, your all-time dream is to win Academy Awards, right? I said, yeah. Yes. Someday, God, if I can win an Academy Awards with my name on it and give it to my mother and that 15 minutes of fame that I can give you glory. But God says, Davey, you're going to be 30 soon. I was going to nearly turn 30. He says, your house, that refrigerator that you have, that Academy Awards that you think it's great, I want to let you know that in heaven, I have this thing called Super Costco. It is so giant. In there, the riches and glory, the crown, and the abundance, it's beyond your imagination because you can't even fathom it, just like that ant couldn't fathom your refrigerator. Instantly, I knew I feel like that Mr. Ant. As God is telling me, Davy, how would you like to give me your best life now? I had given you this talent, and yet you see the quality fall short, but yet you will not come. God didn't say it exactly in that word, but that's how I reflected. I knew that I was just like that ant. And God took me to Matthew 6, 19, 21, says, Davy, don't store your treasure on earth. Store it up here. And verse 21, as a Christian, as a passionate person that follow Christ, as an artist that draws news letter every Sunday at Lake Avenue, this verse hit my heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, as a follower of Jesus Christ, my treasure was, God, could you help me sometime in this lifetime? Let me hear my mother say, Davy, I'm proud of you. That was my treasure. What my mother says to me has so much power. But yet during that time, I was nearly 30 when God told me, Davy, you have a big hole in your heart. 
even though you're saved and the living son of God, but you walk around with this big hole, you expect your mother to fill that big hole. But God says, Davy, even though you may think your mother see you as a worthless marble, but I see you as my shiny diamond. I did not hear exactly in that word, but that message came so strong into my spirit that it transformed me, has fulfilled and empowered me that if God says he's proud of me, how much more greater is that than my mother's? Am I going to wait till my mother's? She's turned 90 or 100. I was nearly 30 when God says, Davy, how would you like to give me your very best life now. Yeah, I had a good income. I had a good retirement 401k. My agent says, stay with Disney for 30 more years. You will be $15 million rich. And I was 30 years old. I didn't want to give my fully time to serve King of Kings. I wanted to take care of my resume and my retirement and my homes and my whatever. God showed me, and a conviction came to my heart. I grew up in churches in Taiwan. I go to this very small Presbyterian church, 70 people. I would go to Sunday school every Sunday, and I noticed the kids would hang out in the back. There would be 15 of us jumping on six, seven, the ugliest, nastiest sofa you've ever seen. They're so ugly, so grotesque, I wouldn't even put it in my home. I asked a pastor one day, I said, Pastor, who uh, donate? Whose love offering is this in the church? The pastor says, some father, some mother, they donated to church. At church, during my childhood, I, I didn't hear any sermon, but that sermon preached by the brothers and sisters have impacted me because it tells me that you don't give God your best. You only give God your leftovers. You treat God's home like a thrift store. For me, I'm in my prime, man. I'm 30 years old. I should be making good money. I should be saving up for my retirement and serve God sometime when I'm 50 or 60. Not now. You know, brothers and sisters, today I'm speaking to all mostly brothers. What you do, your children sees your priorities. When I was a kid, I can't tell the difference whether my dad is selling Jesus or selling bread. Because he makes no difference. His workplace is his church and his ministry. That had impacted me still today. But as a 30-year-old, God says, Davy, my son has died for you, not out of retirement, but out of my prime, out of the prime time of a Hebrew, a Jewish man, 33-year-old, where I give you my very best, and you hung on the cross. For you. Instantly I feel shame. I said, I'm 30 years old. Here I'm embarking with Almighty God about saving up my retirement. God says, Your life is like that pencil. When your pencil is so long, you put it in my hand, I can use it. But if you only give it to me when you're sharpened all the way to erasers, I could only erase. So during my 30 years old, I left Hollywood. And I slowly moved down to Orange County in the year 2000. I was married at the time. My wife 
at the time thought I was crazy. She thought I was mentally ill. <laughs> Quit a good job, moved down to Liso Viejo. And um, four months later, she left me. And when she left me, I was mentally ill. I was devastated. But right down the street, there was this church called Coast Hills. And I got to meet uh, a few good men. During that dark time, I didn't know how to explain and tell them what I was going through. But God puts that in my heart so much that I have to do something about my conviction. I can't sit there and complain about something else. But I have to start with me. I have to do something. But I was going through mental crisis because I don't believe in divorce. So I got to meet Lou and Rick, these two great men in my life at that time. Uh, uh, and then 9-11 uh, hit. My income was uh, dwindled to nothing. And then I was thinking about going back to Disney because I had no money. I can pay for my mortgage. My mom and dad says, look, you're nobody. I said, am I somebody in you, God? Do I have to be in Hollywood to be somebody? God says, no. You can do all things through Christ. But why do I have to face divorce? Why does my parents think I'm nobody unless I go back to Disney? I'm not the Lion King guy anymore. The day I put that sign, I was going to sell my house. God put a scripture in my heart was Matthew 13, 44. Because I had two choices, either go back to Disney or sell my house, continue to follow that vision and translate the Bible so the world can see beyond the Sunday school. So that verse, Matthew 13, 44, was Jesus says the kingdom of God was like a man who went to the field, and he found this treasure. And when he found it, he hid it. And he joyfully went home and sold everything he has. I love that word. It says joyfully. What is it that this man found that made him joyfully sell everything he has? I think Jesus died joyfully on the cross for me. Because he thought of me. Because of that verse, I told my parents, I'm going to sell my house. As much as I need my parents' financial help, they, they will not help me. They think I'm crazy. But I sold my house. And Aliso Viejo moved to a little studio place. In that three years of dark time, I still go to Coast Hills and I still try to survive as a sane, normal man, but it's hard for me. So uh, on my fourth year of dark times, I met my beautiful wife now. Her name is Joan. She's sitting back there. Uh, after my divorce four years later, 
I realized I need to marry a Chinese woman because um, God has a mission for me Some t- somewhere in China. Someone prophesied it over me. I will be a missionary in China. I don't know how. I was working on Beauty and the Beast at the time. So when I dated her, I went to a church. In, I, I left Coast Hills. I went to a Chinese church to look for a Chinese wife. I told the pastor I came here to look for a wife. <laughs> Two weeks later, there she is. I think that's very spiritual when you're being honest. I was 34, 35. I just told him I'm looking for a wife. So um, when I met her and when I dated her, I told her about my bank account issues. I told her about my situation. I'm not the Lion King guy anymore. Um, but God gave me this vision. That's my wealth. And uh, she invested her life and married me. She had a daughter at the time, and and she sold her house in Newport to support my ministry. And uh, she's my angel still today, my angel investors. We've been married 13 years this year. And she has been the most encouraging support partnership in this spiritual warfare. So, because she's able to sell her home, I was able to create the script that God gave me when I was created in Disney. And this story is called The Giant Leap. You have some of this information on the, on the table. So The Giant Leap, what, it came out of my devotions. Because as an artist, I don't see words. I see pictures. So for me, my devotion is the greatest cinema from heaven. And it's so real that I have to draw and write it down. So she said, I'll sell my house so you can create your vision. So people see this book. They would know exactly how the Bible be read from per people such as me that children learn in pictures. So the inspiration all begins. It begins with this little Kendu. Kendu had a dream of this giant leaf. It was so giant. And in this dream, he saw his leaf. Inside this giant leaf, he was free and he was happy. But when he woke up, he was in a world of slavery in the dinosaur world. The dinosaur says, stop dreaming about your giant leaf. If you stay here as our slave, we'll keep you from this monster out there that eats little creature called you, fox, every mammal. And we heard heard the animal eater have destroyed all the forest. But Kendu says, I must take a giant leaf of faith. So when the dinosaur fell asleep, he followed his vision. He went to find this giant leaf. Where would this giant leaf be? It must be a giant forest. So he went to find the biggest tree. As he did, he found a crazy monkey dangle down the tree. The monkey says, you must be looking for the giant leaf. Because last night I saw the giant leaf. In there was all you could eat bananas. Because all the banana trees were all eaten by this monster called animal eaters. So two of them went to the giant forest. But the monkey warned them and says, inside the giant forest, there's an animal eater. You'll eat every little animal like us. So when they went to the giant forest, they saw the koala bear. She said, I also had a vision and a dream of the giant leaf because my husband was eaten by the animal eaters long ago. But last night I saw him in the giant leaf. We were reunited again in this giant leaf. 
When they went to the giant forest, they saw the animal eaters. His mouth is so big. His tongue is so long. Man, this monster have ate all the trees in the forest. But if this monster is just so scary, why is animal still going there two by two? I present this project to Disney. Disney wanted the two animals going there, two male and two females. And I said, no, I can't. The Bible says it's one male and one female. They scratched their head as they did. A gazelle stood in the mouth of animal eaters, says, you got to take a giant leap of faith to be saved. Just then, the sky star rumble, rumble turned to a big, uh, big giant flood. Three little creatures went inside the animal eater's belly. As they did, they found out the animal eater's belly is not the scary place. It is the only shelter from the storm. You know, when I was a kid, I used to think Jesus is an animal eater because he'll eat 10% of my allowance. <laughs> the monkey went inside the animal eaters, found all you can eat bananas. And the koala bear found her husband just like she had dreamed. But Kendu didn't find his giant leaf, but he found his name carving wood. Wow. This animal eater even knew me. That's right. Didn't just even knew him, even provide a love mate. Her name's Rhea. She said, you must be my husband, Kendu. Kendu says, I saw this giant leaf. It's so big. One day when I see it, I will be free and I will be happy. Many days gone by. They saw the new land. Kendu says, I must go find my giant leaf because all my friends have found their dreams. So they saw the new horizon. The water slowly subsided. Kendu jumped off the animal eaters as he did. Him and his new wife looked up from the water, and he saw his giant leaf. So this little kendu right here, you're looking at the bottom of Noah's Ark. So that was the vision that God gave me. It took me two years to finish this book. When I finished this book, it came from a 90-minute animated script. Because the vision God gave me is to create this into a blockbuster animated film that doesn't look like Jesus' film. But it would look like a film that anybody, just like Lion King, anybody, any country can understand the allegory of the gospel. God gave me a vision that the Bible should not be hidden on Sunday, but it should be like the Lion King, but beyond the Lion King. Because our God is the King of Kings. So that was the vision that God has given me. At that time, when I finished this book, I was still broke. My wife continued to encourage me. I continued to do the second book because I believe everything that I do, God is responsible for the finance, for everything. Because even Walt Disney didn't do well. Without Walt Disney brother, the key is Royal Disney. Without Royal Disney, Disney will be not be here today. So I continued to walk by faith, not by sight, just like can do. And um, my book was published, first one in Asia. So I began it. I started to start speaking about these stories all across the globe of my own hometown. I didn't know the Lion King is such a big deal in China and Taiwan. So they started inviting me because they heard that I was the first Chinese kid who got into Disney. This is near where I lived, the Coastal Church. They, every summer they would do their VBS and they took one of my books they saw it in Barnes Noble, and um, so they made a VBS drama. Uh, so the kids can use this allegory because that's how 
the Pharisees, that's how the disciples saw Jesus. Some saw him as an animal eater, some saw him as a liar, some saw him as a savior. So we use this story to reach out to the community children because when you start having all your VBS all look like Hebrew and all had long hair and all have donkeys, kids these days are watching something a lot more creative, innovative, and I believe that God is not short of creativity because in book of Genesis, verse 1, Verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created. And I believe God wants us to create. And that's why I have this cowboy hat to remind all of us to create. Because where I come from in Asia, what I heard growing up in school, you make straight A, so someday you'll get a job, a steady job. Do you know in Asia, they are so famous for what? Pirating and manufacturing. Government right now in China, their greatest frustration is that all the children are not creative. They're great with test paper, but when you tell them to create from a piece of white paper, zero. One time that I heard over a Nike expat, uh, uh, an American guy says, you know what, Davey, not to insult you, but when I was in China, this Chinese multi-billionaire guy told me, says, you Americans, Give us the design, and all we do is duplicate and manufacture, and we make pennies of each item that, we, that, that you give us. But in America, a Nike shoes, in, in China, only cost three bucks to make, but in here, it might be 300 bucks. So instantly, God says, Davey, the church is just like that. The church is just like those Chinese, where they are all followers. They're nothing but cows. But God says, I want to make you a cowboy where we are innovative. We are leading the generation of our children and not letting our children win by the secular media. If God doesn't set the standard of excellence, then what is our God? How can we tell our children our God is great while the world is shouting, making their noises, why the Bible is silence and only be heard in that one-hour Sunday school for our children? So... The continue of innovation starts. I go to Asia because they heard of my inspirational speech because I did a TED Talk one time in Asia. So they start holding concerts because everything I say is what Jesus says. You can do it. You can do it. So we have every concert, it's all themed on you can do it. And there's parents, their tears just come down because they also feel the pressure that their kids got to got to be this perfect A kid, but there's so many kids like me that can't draw, that can't, that can't, that can't take tests and only can draw, so, and uh, I want to invite uh, Dan, Dan, are you here? Dan, can you bring your son up here in the front with me? Thank you so much. I just met Dan this morning, and he blessed me with this short testimony, and I, and I would like to, I'd like Dan to share it real quick, so, um, is there a microphone here, or should I just give him this? So, um, yeah, okay. So I just met Dan this morning, and then, uh, so Dan, tell me what you told me this morning. Sure. So, um, th by the way, this has just been an amazing story, and especially for Mateo, who's an up-and-coming artist, uh, really inspirational. But we were introduced uh, to you, to what God's doing through your ministry, actually in China, where we found uh, the book, and, and we thought, oh, this is just a... We thought this is just in English, or uh, just in Chinese, and we were there as a family for the summer, and then opened it up and said, wow, it's in, 
uh, we found a book in China that's in Chinese and English. My kids were bored because we were traveling for five weeks. Let's buy this. And, uh, and then came to find out, oh, my goodness, this, this guy, he, uh, he lives in our neighborhood because we're in Laguna Hills. And we, it, here we are in China and found it. Like, and, and we said, we, you know, and Mateo's thinking, oh, I want to be an artist just like this when I grow up. I hope I get a chance to meet him. Had no idea what the connection with uh, Mariners. And so what an amazing way in which God works. Uh, even through your book, thank finding you. that in China and inspiring our kids. Yeah, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right, thank you for coming. Anyway, time, I got to respect time here. This is a second book that, doing my personal devotions, that the first one is on faith, second one's on prayer. How do you tell kids about prayer? So uh, when I was reading the book of Exodus, you know, I thought, man, wouldn't it be great to have the fish witness the parting of the Red Sea? Yeah. And then the main character, his name is Seesum, it's Moses backward. <laughs> they saw the Moses torch look like firefish, okay? Just like the Israelites saw the burning, burning, uh, uh, the cloud, uh, fire, the tower, the, the, yeah, the burning bush, that's right. They, Moses saw God burning bush and also the pillars of fire. And then the part that in Second Peter says, we, our faith are refined by fire. So in the title of this book, you'll see on the bottom, it says, Fins Refined by Fire. Yeah. I believe the Bible needs to go beyond America. So this is the third book. It took me a long time to write with a bunch of theologians. This is the New Testament. How do you tell kids about sacrifice, about sin? When kids one, two, three, four years old, they don't know what sin is, right? So I use it from a donkey's perspective. You know, the donkey that God chose, you know, he's nobody. And then uh, all the righteous goat and cows, they feel like they need to work for their right to be in the barn or else their son is going to be chosen to be animal sacrifice, right? And the donkey was being looked at as nobody. His only friend that want to associate with him is two dirty pigs. And these two dirty pigs are two siblings and they're twins. And the sister's name is Jen and and the brother's name is Tiles. So if you put their name together... Gentiles. So. so the fourth book is a Lion Perspective of Daniel. This one's about character, and this is a new one. It's an animal perspective of Garden Eden. So this one dealing about, um, about vanity, you know, what beauty is. It doesn't come from what fruit you eat. eat. It really comes from the core of your heart. So. so these are the five books that I've written in the last ten years by faith, by faith. I don't know what God is going to take these books to do, but my dreams, the vision that God has given me, is to turn this whole slate of animated films that does not look like Bibles, but they will impact the world. We don't need to put cross on everything. So this is my speaking about 2013 in TED Talk. Um, so my biography came out. Someone heard my speech. A secular person says, I love your inspirational story. God gave you a gift to draw straight lines. And then the part, best part is the fact that God sees you as diamonds. These are non-Christians that heard my speaking event in TED Talk. So the, the biggest publisher company in Asia is called Business Weekly. Published my book. And the title is Not a Marble, But a Diamond. You know, I downfound it. I don't know what God is doing, but these are all from secular people that is desiring to hear inspirational stories. But my story is no further from the truth. I'm nobody. 
but in Christ, I can do all things. I used to hate books. Now I'm writing books. I'm telling you, man, it's not about what you can do. All God is asking us to give are five bread and two fish. But in the master's hands, he can multiply. It's not about blessing your 401k, but make your life a treasure where you invest something that is eternal, that heaven currency will last forever and ever and ever. God says, Davy. With the talent I give you, if you come to heaven and you only bring a statue of Oscars, that's like bag of trash. A millions of Oscars is nowhere near bringing one child to Christ. So I'm happy to say, even thought through this journey, I haven't found an angel that can fund my film yet. But about two years ago, my whole entire series of books in China was voted by the government, by the government, non-Christian, heathen, communist government, they voted my whole series of books as the best children's moral ethic book. And only you can appreciate this if you live in a communist world. And the government demand every public school must have my books in their library. Four years ago, I have about maybe 20,000 acres to Shanghai. Before they built Disneyland, they gave me a land to build this whole theme park based on the series of my books. I know. Can do land. You got it. Okay, man, you got it, Kenduland, yeah. So I go to animation conference in Shanghai in three days, in three days. This is all free of charge. I get invited by the government, all free PR. In three days, guess how many people come visit our booth? Three million children. You can imagine the need for content in China is so great. And even more so, because the Chinese government says, you're like the Jeremy, Jeremy Lin of animations. I mean, you're, you're it. <laughs> so I'm currently working with the government on developing Chinese branding. I have to self-support my own ministry, so I usually work six months, nine months, and then three months. I do speaking and, and share this vision. So I'm working on a tiger story. And... I love young people such as Dan's son. I love to give these young people an opportunity to create because there's a great need. Besides doctor, engineer, and lawyers, there's a huge need of new Christians that has this gift that God has given them to draw straight lines. Can Do Film wants to be that platform for these young people. They don't have to be Christians. They can just come and be a place where they can meet God and be an artist. So I'm leaving China in uh, a week, next, next week, and I'm going to be meeting with government officials about this project. And um, it, it is the government's uh, a priority to really talk about the Chinese history like I did with Mulan. So, 
Every year, because of brother and sister support us, that we're able to ship our books. Every year, work with Orphanage International for these um, children that orphan children that has AIDS, and they're able to get a hold of our books each year for Christmas, and um, it all because of your support. Um, I, I kind of just live by faith, and I, you know, I, I t- my wife is amazing. She just follow this Forrest Gump guy everywhere. The world sees success as currencies, cash, money. Even the Lion Kings, I, I'm one of the creative person that developed this. It had made $9.6 billion in 2013. And all they did is one time. But they were able to reach to generation, generation, generation. Timeless. You know why is it timeless? Because that's exactly what the Bible is. God is timeless. Heaven and earth will go away, but my word will forever and ever and ever. My legacy is that God, if I can translate this Bible that's full of words and ink, it's hard for children to conceive, but they can understand from the picture and a film and music and sound, iPad, all the smartphones that they can meet Christ. How great Christ would be. I want to be the person who replaced the tomatoes and cucumber. (laughs) But I need your help. I need your help. Besides the prayer part. And I told Pastor Eric, I said, if I could be part of the Mariners, because I usually go journey for two months and I come back, I need a team of helpers. And I heard Mariners are very innovative and creative. When I'm here Tuesday, my best, best part about Tuesday is meeting with Rick and Lou. And after that, is to go and just stand in the corner and look at Mariner staff sitting there doing storyboard, story time. It blessed me because I'm standing behind and I'm seeing all these young people and they're all young people serving God. That is a vibrant church. I go speak around the world and I speak to many, many churches and most church leadership are old elderly people. And I said, to see a vibrant church, you got to have young people. So, remember her? Thank God my mother brought me to Africa. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, Gary and put that music for me. Besides me coming here sharing my humorous story, but it's not humorous. You know, behind my life, there's a God who sees my life as diamond. I thank God for letting me meet my angels. Because of her, my light of life became bright. God used my school teacher. She's not a missionary, but she was in the right place in the right time. She became my angel. I needed to hear Davy, you can do it. I needed that. Eric, I can't. Um, Eric, I need next slide. Uh, Garrett, I need next slide. Oh, here it goes. Oh, okay. She's nearly 80 years old. I saw her la- yes, last year. She told me, Davy. I follow you on Facebook. 
I taught 40 years of middle school art school in Africa. She likes my joke. She said her greatest achievement is not her 401k. But it was in 1982, February 1st, she met a Taiwanese boy, broken, came to her class, and she gave me the biggest piece of white paper. And now this boy had took this white paper and drawing a story of God. I think the biggest reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, besides my father, I was born in August 14. My father has a journal, August 14, 1968. A baby risen from the dead. I was 10 days dead. I had no heartbeat in my mother's womb. And the last moment, they were going to C-section and take me out my mother's womb. For some reason, God decided to give my heart back. But the doctor says this boy is going to be born as an autistic, has a problem. But God blessed that boy. He wasn't autistic. He was artistic. <laughs> Men of mariners, no matter where you are, don't look at what you can do. Start to see what God has a plan for you. God has the best investment plan for you on Matthew 6, 19, 21. Don't store your treasure on earth. You can't take it with you. Store it in heaven where everything will last forever and ever and ever. Don't win Academy Awards, but win souls for Christ. Through your occupations, you are a pastor. You are evangelist. You are the best at what you do in the marketplace because Jesus speak and preach in marketplace. I never see myself as an artist. I see the talent that God's given me God, give me a gift to win souls, no matter what they are. I thank God. God, give me a temporary cost, a costume right now that I look Chinese, but someday he's going to give me a permanent costume. And that day, that costume will be glorious. And I'm so thankful that I did not serve God when I'm out of my retirement. But I give God my very best. I pray our children's. I have one daughter. She see my life. I don't preach to her, but she see how I live. Yes, she see my struggles, but she knows that her father, she can't tell the difference whether I'm an animator or a pastor. When I was in China, that's exactly what they asked me. The communist government says, are you a pastor or animator? because they will Google me and they heard me speak at churches in different arenas. I said, I love God because God's the one who inspired me to be an animator, an artist. So two weeks from now, I'm going to China because they're going to air my biography on this biggest communist TV network called CCTV. And there will be 900 viewers to hear my story about not a marble, but a diamond. I am not ashamed the gospel of Jesus Christ because God 
is waiting for you to say, God, I surrender. I want to give you my very best. You may be a doctor or plumber, wherever God has created you to be, but you are called to be the light of the world. And I believe that we can do it. So men, as I finish, I want to challenge you guys. As your head bow, your eyes close. This morning, as you heard my message, if God has touched you, and God had tugged in your heart, just like God had tugged in my heart after the Lion King, and you see a knee in the body of Christ or in the marketplace, that where you can be part of that kingdom building. And now you just tell God, I'm willing, send me, use me. Despise of your fears, despise of all the failure that you think you might face, but you start to depend on this God, a can-do God that can do all things in your life. Not just transform you, but that you become the blessings and you can do beyond your water stream and it's to reach out lost souls in your community, in your church, in your city, in your country, in your world. God is going to use you. Yes, you can do it. If you believe today, I can do it, I want you to go ahead and stand at your seat. Just stand up at your seat. Says, God, I can do it because you told me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. You stand up and you say, God, I stand up by faith. As you stand up, you says, God, thank you so much for seeing me as your diamonds. Thank you, God, that you are proud of me. It is not what I can do, but I can do all things in Christ. With God, nothing's impossible. Put your hands on your right hand in your heart, and let's pray as we make a new commitment that may our next generation do not see us men bring broken sofa to church. May us men show the legacy of our next generation that they can't tell the difference whether you're going to work or going to church. Where they can't tell the difference whether you're selling bread or selling Jesus. But as you put your hands in your heart, it is as the, as the King of Kings. Just make that promise to you. And we pray together as men. Dear Almighty God, the Lion King, the King of all kings, that you are the king, so therefore I'm the son of the king. And I shall act like a prince today and not a pauper. Lord, may I live by faith. My wealth and my worth does not come from my circumstances or my own performance. What I store up here, oh God, I pray, Lord, it will be a treasure forever, ever to come. Lord, make my heart the treasure for you. Make my heart where you hurt, I hurt with you. Make my heart become the heart of a king. Make my work become my ministry. And may I also, just like David, give my very best to you and not the leftover. For you have died for me on the cross for me. Today I make that new declaration that I will give you my very best. Not just in this church, I will not bring broken sofa, but Lord, I will bring your ministry 
be part of my everyday life, in my marriage, in my fatherhood, in my singleness. Lord, I walk with you. And thank you so much for reminding me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Thank you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, let's give King and King Lord, Lord a hand. Thank you. This on now. This on. Yes. Um, guys, I would love to pray over Dave. He is on a mission, and he leaves in China in a week, you said. And so would you extend a hand, and let's, uh, let's pray for him. He has blessed me. I'm sure he's blessed you this morning. Father God, you are so good that you spared Davy's life in the womb, and you have him on such a mission to bring the light of Jesus not only to here in America and Orange County, but, man, what a mission to China who desperately needs you. We pray that you would bless him, that you would have favor on him, God, that you would continue yes. to open doors. We pray over the meetings with the government officials, and, God, that you would continue to just um, use him and his art and his books to bring the gospel to many, many people across this, this world. So we thank you for this morning and the way that you have used him to, to, to show us more of you, Jesus. And he's encouraged us. So God, would your hand be on him? Would you bless him and his wife and his travels and his family? We thank you. In the name of Jesus, bless this man. Amen. All right, guys, he is also... He's got books and all his different things back there. And then if any questions about man camp, um, mentoring, foster care, all that stuff, come say hi to us. And thank you for being here. God bless you guys. Cabinets are bare, and I'm unaware of just how we got into this mess. Got so aggressive. I know we meant all good intentions. So pull me closer. Why don't you pull me close? Why don't you come on over? I can't just let you go. Oh, baby. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. Floors are wet, and taps are still running, dishes are broken. How did we?